0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 743 today. It's a wrap-up of day one of Star Wars Celebration. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Helen's co-host from the Expanded Comic-Verse Podcast. But hey, if you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week, how awesome is that? Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and it has been a rather eventful first day at Star Wars Celebration Europe, and there are a few things that I want to tell you about, a few different events that went on, starting with Mark Hamill and his presentation. First of all, Mark did not reveal anything, so, well, you mean kind of not, really, (laughs) He said at the outset that he was not going to reveal anything about episode eight, so don't even bother expecting it. However, he did say toward the end of his presentation that the dialogue that Ryan is writing, Ryan Johnson, the director of episode eight, who's also the writer of episode eight, is absolutely fantastic, and that there's so many catchphrases in there, and that we will entirely forget about the phrase may the force be with you basically with how good the writing is now that is a high compliment and a very high standard to get at so uh, that would be really impressive if that's the case and that's you know I hope he wasn't going out and trying to write catchphrases or anything like that. I hope this is just happening naturally. That would be fantastic if it's the case. And I have a feeling that Ryan Johnson is possibly the person who could do this too, but and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it if you think Ryan Johnson based on his previous work, if he is capable of delivering that kind of situation. Let us know in the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at sw7x7.com. And some other important thing to note, he still has a beard, Mark Hamill does, and people had thought that he had shaved it, he posted a photo on Twitter with something in front of his face, newspaper, I forget, and there was the implication that he had shaved his beard, which would have meant that he was done filming, but he still has a beard, so... Filming is supposedly not ending until July 22nd for episode 8, so it seems like he might still be in it, potentially based on the fact that he has the beard, because he usually gets rid of that thing real quick. So that's your update on Beard Watch 2016. I also had a chance to check out the Ahsoka's Untold Tales panel, and that is available online. You can check it out on Star Wars' YouTube channel, which you should definitely do that if you're a fan of the Clone Wars, or if you're a fan of Rebels, or if you're a fan of Ahsoka the character in general. Some of the stories they told were very cool, very interesting. It does make you wish that they had been able to continue on with the Clone Wars at least one more full season, not just the half season of season six that we got. In fact, one of the stories that they told up on stage, uh, the untold stories, was one that made Ashley Eckstein, who is on the panel and who is the voice of Ahsoka Tano, it actually made her start crying on stage. It was that powerful a moment. And she said that the story that they were telling made the ending of season two heartbreaking, even that much more heartbreaking. And for those of you who don't know, um, this is what I know. Ahsoka Tano may or may not be alive. There's a question as to whether she is going to survive. And... As one of the reveals of the panel, Dave Filoni, who is the executive producer of Rebels, debuted some artist cards that are being released to the Star Wars Card Trader app. There are ten of them. He showed six of them in the panel discussion. And they're all related to Ahsoka and Darth Vader. And the last two, he said, were particularly revealing as far as being metaphor and symbolism for Ahsoka's journey. So I'm sure even if you are not on Star Wars Card Trader that you can find them easily enough on the internet. But I won't make you go hunt them down. I took photos in the panel of the first six cards that they showed and I will post those at our Facebook page, facebook.com sw7x7, where I'm posting photo albums for Celebration Europe. Meanwhile, you wouldn't necessarily think that reveals would be found in the DK Publishing panel about the incredible cross-sections and visual dictionary for The Force Awakens would be very revealing, but it turns out that it is a little bit... Pablo Hidalgo was in there, he of course, of the Lucasfilm Story Group, and writer of many, many Star Wars books, said that the placement of Jakku in the universe is actually very important. It's fundamental to the development of the First Order and its overall importance is starting to be revealed. He mentioned Chuck Wendig's Aftermath books specifically and said other works as well. Of course, it appeared in Lost Stars. And... That, I thought, was very cool because they also said that, in some cases, design of DK Publishing, they didn't say this outright, but this is certainly what seemed to happen, is that design of the book and the actual writing of the book ended up leading some of the development of the actual Force Awakens movies, in some cases. But yeah, even after reading Aftermath, Life Dead, it does seem like they're setting up Jakku for something really very big. And Paulo has said that the reason why he wrote... One of the books is because of the timetable that they had and the secrecy that they needed to maintain and his knowledge of not just the script, but also of what's coming afterwards. So he had a knowledge of the general sequel trilogy sort of um, overall story, I guess prior to The Force Awakens being released itself. So not only had he read the script, but he knew where everything else was going, and so he knew when he was writing for the different sections what he could talk about and what could be held back as well. Or should hold back, I guess I should say. And we're going to get a new book pretty soon that is even more revealing, and is going to be a complete locations book. And it's going to bring some of the older books, apparently, up into canon status, and that's really exciting. It's going to do some corrections and updates and whatnot. And it's also going to include, I think they said, a half a dozen more locations, new locations, including Ray's ADAT. It's going to give us a breakdown of everything going on inside the ADAT. And Mas Kanata's castle as well, at least, you know, what was happening in it before it got bombed to heck by the First Order. And I found that particular mention interesting because they very quickly passed over this in terms of, the layout of the castle, they mentioned that they were letting um, the team at DK Publishing and the writers and the designers, like, they were just letting them handle everything except for the top floor of Maz Kanata's castle because, as Pablo said, we know what's going on up there. But from the photos they showed, you can't really tell if there's any writing about the top floor of the castle or anything like that. So it could be a little hint or a tease or something like that. Like, we know what's going on in the top floor of the castle and it's significant and we're not going to tell you yet. Or they already knew what was going on, and they just supplied that information, and we'll see it in the, um, in the Complete Locations book. So have to wait and see for that one. And last but not least, there's, of course, the Rogue One panel. Now, check out our bonus episode for the look at the behind-the-scenes featurette, breaking it down piece by piece by piece, as well as our talk about the celebration-only video footage that was revealed to us. So that is all in our bonus episode that's already live. You can go grab that. What I will tell you are things from the panel discussion, including the mind-blowing fact that George Lucas has seen Rogue One. And there's a shot of Gareth Edwards and George Lucas on set together that they showed, and Gareth Edwards talked about how surreal it is showing a Star Wars movie to George Lucas. Now, this, I thought, was entirely remarkable because, of course... You know, George was not involved in the development of Episode 7, especially after Lucasfilm decided to go their own way compared to the treatments that he had submitted. But it does make you wonder, though, about the whole reshoots and the start of the rumor in the first place about it being shown to executives and that it didn't necessarily go over that well, at least in tone and that sort of thing, and... Is it possible that Lucas was involved in that somehow? Like, was he one of the people to whom it was shown and had that reaction? I mean, they never really said what his reaction was overall. They talked about, you know, a story where George Lucas was giving notes about it and that they were somewhat negative, but then he just started laughing and that it was just sarcastic and he was just being funny. It's his very dry sense of humor, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) they could have... Gotten some serious notes from him after all, and maybe he was just being funny, but he actually found a way to tell them that, "Mm, yeah, you're not doing this quite right. I don't know, but I thought it was pretty amazing that they had Lucas actually see the film in the first place. They also talked about the extremely immersive style in which the movie is being shot, and Kathleen Kennedy was saying that she would come to set and ask, where's Gareth, after looking around, because she couldn't find him. I guess she was not in the expected director's chair. And he would be off in the middle of a set with a giant camera on his shoulder, and that was a different style of anything that we're used to with a Star Wars movie, and that was something that she thought was wholly remarkable and worth sharing. So we are being told that it is going to be an extremely immersive environment from Kathleen Kennedy about Rogue One. We also found out that they were filming in Jordan for part of the movie, and it's really surprising that that hadn't been revealed sooner. I mean, they must have had security really top-notch after everything that went on with The Force Awakens for this, because (laughs) them filming in Jordan, that was nowhere. They had filmed in the Maldives, they filmed in Canary Wharf subway station, tube station, but Jordan hadn't heard of that one anywhere at all. We also found out a little bit more about the K2SO assassin droid played by Alan Tudyk. We knew that he was a reprogrammed Imperial droid, but what we found out specifically was that He was reprogrammed by Diego Luna's character, Cassian Andor. And he, that is K2SO, may or may not be the only friend Cassian has in the Rebellion. So Cassian is part of Rebel Intelligence, and he's the one who reprogrammed him but didn't necessarily get it all together right. And so they said there's sort of an uncomfortable honesty that K2SO gets to work with and that he does things that are you would say almost more human in a way like they showed a shot where Felicity Jones gives K2SO her backpack to carry and he just stands there and then just lets his hands unfold and lets the backpack drop. It's just very classic. That kind of playing against type for a droid like that he's not just taking it and marching off he's just like eh, You know it's almost more in the vein of robots like Bender from Futurama for example they also confirmed the name of one planet and gave us the name of another one. So Scarif is the confirmation one that had been leaked previously, and that is the name of the planet where they are building Death Star stuff in the Maldives where we see the cargo transports and the beach troopers and all that fun stuff. Shore troopers. (laughs) I like saying beach troopers for some reason. And we also found out that the place that had sort of looked Tatooine-like where we see... Chirut, and we see Bays, that's um, Donnie Yen and Jang Wen's characters, respectively, and where we see stormtroopers and tanks patrolling very tight streets and rebel uh, pilots being marched through the streets and stuff like that. That place is Jeddah, J E D H A. And it turns out that Bodhi Rook, Rizabed's character, also lives on Jeddah and in contrast to what we thought originally, when we saw the picture of him wearing a, a a tech uniform with an Empire patch on it, this was not part of a mission that they were running or not that they were running where he was in disguise. He actually works for the Empire, and it turns out that Jeddah is an occupied world and he becomes disillusioned by seeing what's going on with the population and he and Chirrut and Baze all live on that planet and that's somehow possibly going to be part of the beginning of the story apparently. So Jyn Erso and Cassian Andor and K2SO are going to end up on that planet somehow, and they're going to get involved with those guys somehow. So that should be interesting. And we did see from some of the -the behind-the-scenes footage, it looks like a stormtrooper captures Cassian Andor at some point. And, yeah, so maybe (laughs) he'll end up coming down to Chirrut and Baze and Bodhi Rook rescuing them. I don't know, that's all conjecture on my part. And everything else is covered in our extended look at the Rogue One behind-the-scenes trailer. And we mix in some stuff from the Rogue One Props and Costumes exhibit as well. That gets integrated into the discussion, but you can also check that out at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash sw7x7. There's a whole photo album for the Props and Costumes exhibit, which also includes pictures of the placards for... All of the characters' costumes and the few props that they had. It wasn't a heck of a lot this time around. I mean, I guess you could say the props on the costumes themselves, there were a lot. But um, as far as actual models and stuff like that, not so much this time around. That's okay. It was still pretty awesome. And the placards descriptions about the characters that are revealing in some cases and so do check those out as well. In the meantime we're going to take a break here and when we come back we're going to talk about the two spoilery things that were revealed at Celebration. One about Rogue One, one about Rebels, one intentional, one unintentional. None of them if you are concerned about spoilers, none of them I think are going to really affect your viewing experience but You know, you can make that decision for yourself. So hang on for just a moment. Hey, Rebel Rouser Alright, welcome back. So, let's talk about the spoilers. First of all, we'll talk about the unintentional one, and that was Zhang Wen in the Rogue One panel. So, he let it drop that his character changes significantly when Chirrut dies. So, Donnie Yen's character is apparently going to die at some point in Rogue One, and that's going to affect how Baze reacts to everybody with the team and whatnot. And Bayes has had Donnie Yen's character, Chirrut, as his moral compass, according to one of the placards in the Rogue One props and costumes exhibit. So it's definitely going to have some kind of profound effect on him. Now, I don't think this is very spoilery in the sense of something like Mads Mikkelsen's drop that he is playing Jyn Erso's father. I mean, I think that was a more significant reveal than what Zhang Wen said, because... As opposed to the loss of Chirrut as part of this, I don't think that's going to end up driving the plot in the same way that having a father-daughter relationship is going to drive the plot and, and open up the movie to various possibilities of their relationship and how this whole caper could go. The other thing came from Dave Filoni in the Ahsoka's Untold Tales panel. He did not come out and say that Ahsoka Tano is still alive. He would not go there. But what he did say was that he thought that they were going to be done with Ahsoka, that we'd seen the last of her at the end of Season 2 of Rebels. But he says now he thinks that there might still be something for her to do. And that is very exciting on the one hand, and on the other hand still doesn't tell us anything because. She could be dead and be a force ghost, and then she would still have something to do, right? (laughs) But we don't know for sure yet. So unfortunately, you know, a great tease because it tells nothing and yet makes so many intriguing possibilities open up. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you're forced to use a blaster to defeat a cyborg, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not uncivilized, it's destiny unleashed. And that is going to do it for our coverage of Friday at Celebration Europe. We are getting geared up for Saturday. Oh, man, what a long day Friday was. And Thursday (laughs) for the sleepover, that wasn't a sleepover at all. So I'm very much looking forward to getting rested and getting back at it tomorrow. And thank you very much for tuning in for our coverage. And please do check out SW7x7podcast on Twitter. That's where you will catch the announcements of us doing live streams from Celebration Europe. And keep an eye on our Facebook page, facebook.com SW7x7, for photo albums being posted there too.